Welcome to Those Canadian Lads. Here are your hosts, Jeff and Brad. Hard defines greatness. This is a retrospective of the last year. The pandemic's greatest hits from Those Canadian Lads. Through 2020 and now 2021, we are molding ourselves into something. I don't know what that is just yet. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a reptilian time traveler. Ha! The great ascension, my ass, you bloody kooks. Are we going to come out of this stronger? Like I said, hard defines greatness. So many things turned our lives upside down and spun it around and around and around and around. We've all been affected socially, economically, politically, and the list goes on and on. A year ago, I was in a boardroom. Can you believe it? I was in a boardroom with actual people sitting only feet away from each other. The theme of my presentation was hard defines greatness. On the first slide, I had election results. How is the liberal minority government going to impact us in 2020? The oil crisis was increasing, and we knew things were going to get tougher. And lastly, I had a picture of a virus. We didn't know much about it then, but we knew we would be challenged, but we didn't know by how much. Hard defines greatness is hopefully the theme for our generation going forward, and that we come out stronger and better off as a society in Canada. A stronger team working together in the world to overcome our competition. Yes, we have competition out there, and there are no free rides. With that being said, episode 16 starts now. Welcome to the Pandemic Retrospective with those Canadian lads. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? I am wonderful, and yourself, Brad? I'm doing great. Good, good. I've, with your intro, I've realized that my talking points are not nearly hard enough or or confident enough to to lift this episode up. I'll tell you that much. What oh, are you talking well, about? What are you What are you talking about? We oh, gotta get deep on this thing, man. Apparently, I was uh, I was gonna take this on a very superficial level, but uh, no, I hey, I listen. I couldn't agree more. Um, Hard defines greatness. It is the adversity in our lives that allow us to prove that we are strong, that we are great. And this is this is exactly one of those things. How are we going to come out of this and uh, either rise above the challenges that we faced or are we going to continuously lay on the mat? It's interesting. You know what? The, the greatest teams, the greatest societies, they all face challenges ahead of them to be make themselves greater. You don't learn by doing things great all the time. You learn by making mistakes and falling down along the way and learning from them. So um, our society, our, our, who we are, you know, are we going to take road A or are we going to take road B? Are we going to, you know, be losers or are we going to be great? And uh, that was the the topic of the day today for those Canadian <laughs> lads. Uh, sort of catch you off guard there, Jeffrey. Well, you told me that you had uh, a good intro ready to go. And I think you even said you had three pages of notes to kind of compile it. So no, I'm, I'm impressed. And I, I know that, um, uh, back, I think back in January or maybe it was even December, we were talking about year in review, uh, episodes and 
how are we going to talk about wrapping up how things come together? And I, admittedly, I was a little bit seesawish on it. It's kind of like, well, I don't necessarily want to do a year in review because eh, everyone does a year in review. But I, I will say, like, we are coming up on uh, not the year anniversary of COVID, obviously, but where things got very disrupted in our part of the world, where I think when you and I were discussing it yesterday, we we're talking about how you had been to a hockey game uh, the week leading up to it. And on the night of the shutdown, I was actually at the Oilers game with my brother. And then things went very sideways very quickly. So no, it's it, it, it times it timelines well. And, uh, you know, there is probably some reflection that needs to take place with this. So. No, absolutely. You know, with everything uh, still going on and hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel, you know, it's, it's time to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, the last year and, uh, and hopefully, you know, we see some, some good stuff over the next couple months, especially around vaccinations to allow us to get our lives back to normal. And I've got a little bit of a story on that as well, which we'll touch on a little later, uh, in regards to the vaccinations, but, uh, no, we should probably, uh, start the episode off tonight just with the, with a few current events, because, uh, you know, before we get into this, uh, this deep dive, on the uh, pandemic retrospective here. Um, there's been a lot of things going on here in the uh, news lately, especially in Alberta and Canada, but specifically around uh, uh, some pretty interesting topics. So Jeff, you, uh, you brought up a few. One was the, uh, the legislature this weekend. Uh, there was a, a group of fine individuals who made their way down to the legislature ground with uh, some torches and uh, some white supremacy. Yeah, like um, obviously, I was not there. <laughs> you weren't, but I was not. My parents were. I'll get into that, but uh, but I it was it is one of those things. I will start this by saying that, like, I think that if you de- dedicate any time towards either these protests or the counter protests, you're a loser. Um, how you spend your free time is up to you, but you're not making a difference. And quite frankly, if this was truly an anti-mask protest, which it could have been, we. Who's to say what exactly was said on the ledge grounds there? But if if this was an anti-mask protest, do you really think you're going to get the government to reverse pace because a bunch of people showed up at the grounds? This isn't this isn't the 70s with sit-ins and we're not trying to uh, get out of NOM or anything like that. It's not going to work. So as I said, I think you're a loser for doing it. But I, I will say b- before we get into uh, my family's experience at the ledge grounds this weekend, um. It is funny, like when I saw the initial media coverage, I just thought it was just an anti bunch of anti mask people, and then they're like, "Oh, well, the tiki torches were out, and that's a sign of white nationalism." And I'm like, I'm going to start becoming very concerned about what I carry or what I wear in regards to it being a sign of white nationalism. Yeah, you need to stop carrying that tiki torch around. Yeah, I didn't, re- I didn't, didn't realize. I would have thought that was like more of a Hawaiian or an Islander thing. Which <laughs> hitting the beach, buddy. Hitting the <laughs> yeah. beach. But I, I will say, like, I was I was speaking with my dad and my brother. So uh, my parents got together for an outdoor walk to enjoy the good weather, uh, go see my little nephew. And and, uh, and Ledge Grounds are always a great walk here in Edmonton. So unknown to them that there was going to be a rally. So they showed up there, caught wind of what was going on, decided that it was probably good to avoid the area and departed fairly quickly. But one of the interesting things that uh, I didn't really realize, and my brother was saying that uh, my sister-in-law was talking to one of the cops there, and she was kind of quiet. What, what's going on here? Why there's so many people? Why there's signs? And my brother was saying that there was a lot of diverse signs, a lot of things that like weren't related to, say, white nationalism, but uh, Black Lives Matter, pro-Israel, 
um, Aboriginal rights, uh, anti-mass stuff. And the cop was effectively telling my sister-in-law that, yeah, the thing is, is whenever these groups announce that they're going to be doing their walk and going to be doing their uh, gathering on the ledge grounds, everyone catches wind of it. And anybody with a cause runs down there with their group. <laughs> and then, so instead of like anti-mask versus anti-mask slash white nationalism versus uh, love and wear a mask it's actually like 12 groups competing for any coverage at this event and there's i was gonna like, be a tv camera there yell 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 up whatever you want well that's exactly it like i like i, I like pizza i like I, pizza i hadn't i had never thought that, that that's how it would boil down i just assumed it was like oh well i don't like that group so i'm gonna go counter protest and i thought that's how, how it went no no apparently if you hear that there's gonna be a camera go down with your cause you know, and it, it, watching the news that night, and, and unfortunately, I had it on, and uh, I had to turn it off quite quickly because my daughter was uh, was watching with pretty wide eyes, and she's like, "What is that? I like that. I want to watch that." I'm like, "No, turn the channel now!" But you could tell there was definitely like an alt right representation, and then an alt left, so it, it wasn't going to be good. There was only one arrest; it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, I think it's funny that like whenever they show the coverage, like they did show a shoving match take place between two older gentlemen and a cop. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty relaxed at my age. I can't imagine getting to a shoving match in public nowadays. So, yeah, I can't imagine going down to the ledge grounds. I'd have to really be uh, moved in a in a in a certain way to to go and you know have my wife get pushed over by you know another group and then yell at a cop that that's my wife that's my wife and i'm like i don't think they care that's your wife she obviously did something stupid well it's yeah exactly like i love when people are surprised when the cops round them up or somebody punches somebody in the face for yelling something obscene at them it's just like i can't believe this it's like come give me a break this is appalling (laughs) appalling i i would like to switch gears though into something that really did bother me um in the last couple days and Uh, I think most people have seen the news because it's been well circulated now that um, the Canadian government put into a vote whether or not China was, you know, committing genocide against their Muslim population at their re-education camps. And for those who can't see me, I used quotation marks there. But it's one of those things that like, one, um, you know, Canada wants to be a world player on the on. In the, on this planet, we want to be a leader in regards to uh, climate change, human rights, regardless of your personal beliefs on where those things kind of go. Because let's face it, the political spectrum is wide. But, you know, we want to be proud of our country's efforts on the world stage. And I will admit, I was very annoyed with the idea that uh, Trudeau had pulled his his members out for that vote and left it to pretty much everybody else. And then his non-cabinet ministers or non-cabinet members of parliament to vote on it. And it was unanimous. And I think based upon the information that's flowing out of, out of that area and what people are getting in regards to that, it's very apparent that even if you like, I know it's about labeling it genocide, but there's a clear issue that's taking a human rights issue that's taking place in China. And I, I can't imagine a, a world where Canada wants to be a world leader on that and, you know, acknowledge our own sins when it comes to our Aboriginal population, you know, comment on what the Americans are going through, what Western Europe has done, colonialism, and then just, no, we're going to try to turn a blind eye to what's going on when it comes to potential genocide. So I was very irritated after that, uh, after they put that vote. So. Wow. Why, 
why are you upset? Are you upset that Trudeau is being hypocritical in this stance? Is he, you know, not addressing the issue or is there a bigger issue at hand that are we potentially in the back pocket of China? Well, I think there's, there's enough evidence out there that obviously the, the, I'm going to say the Liberal Party, but, you know, it's the Canadian government for the most part, because the Conservatives didn't stand up to China before Trudeau got in. And uh, I would would say, actually, say the Western world doesn't really have a good track record with standing up to China in regards to what dirt we think they're throwing out there. But but yeah, no, I, I do. I think there's a concern in regards to, you know, money flowing into the party. I think there's concerns in regards to saving face. Uh you know, I don't think it's going to be lost on anybody that um, with the Biden uh, Trudeau call that they had yesterday, and then Biden steps up to the uh, up to the mic and pretty much names the two Canadians and says that you know human beings aren't bargaining chips. But it's just like once again, and this is the disappointment I have is that Canada needs Big Brother to step in finally again and maybe have our backs because let's face it, we are toothless against a country like China, and that does that bothers me as well. There's only 30 million of us, brother. Well, it's just one of those. No, but uh, I was thinking about this because it's it's easy to say here, sit here and go like, oh, I'm annoyed and I'm frustrated by this type of stuff. But we do have buying power. And Saskatchewan correspondent Bo was discussing this when he talks about where he gets his news. And I said to him, like, good for you. You, get, you choose where you get your news from. You're using your dollar to enhance an organization and potentially take away from another by not subscribing to their news feed. As a population, we could turn a blind eye to buying products made out of China, but we're never going to do that. And that's that's another frustration for me. So it's just like, I, I don't know. Our lives are too intertwined now with products coming from that country. And essentially, you know, you know, most of the mass produced products in the world are, are coming from from China. Right. So, you know, you can't go to a Walmart, Walmart or a Costco or anywhere you know, without getting products from China, your shirt's probably made in China. You know, you're wearing a beautiful Under Armour sweater. It's probably made in a, in a, in a, in a Chinese factory somewhere. I'll, I'll try to rip off my sweater later to check it out, but no, I put money down that you're right. No, but that's, that's just it. It's just like, and I know, uh, people argue against the global economy, but we're so deep into it that what are you supposed to do? So I think my frustration boils down to one, not, you know, having a strong stance on something that's, you know, a pretty barbaric uh, situation that's going on, but then not really having uh, a way of fixing it. And that's frustrating. Yeah, there really is no solution coming forth, right? So everybody's just, you know, you know, coming up and fighting the cause now and and stepping on this, you know, bandwagon other than the, uh, the Trudeau liberal government. But, uh, you know, it even impacts, you know, even the sporting world, which we love is, you know, the, the Winter Olympics are, are planned for Beijing in 2022. Um, I don't see too many athletes stepping up saying, you know, I'm going to boycott the games. You know, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Maybe it's a good thing that they do go and they voice their their opinion while they're there. But it's a communist country and I'm sure they'll be censored um, when they do get there. So. I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting topic, and it was kind of shameful to watch uh, a Canadian government that's in power, the Liberals uh, that are currently in, in in power, you know, kind of play this political theater with Canadians um, and uh, and not stand up 
for the people. Cause I think the majority of people, if they understood what was going on, um, like I said, I was only educated on this a couple weeks ago on the last political rodeo we had, um, with our Saskatchewan correspondent, but, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I've now been brought up to speed and I'm now, you know, like yourself appalled and kind of, you know, disappointed in some ways that our government would not, um, step up to the plate and at least do, um, do the right thing. Yeah, like I'll I'll leave it at this. I understand that not every country uh, wants to, f- you know, be a leader in the world when it comes to having the best human rights on the planet. And if we're going to shine the mirror on ourselves and we're going to acknowledge the sins of our history, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. Uh, there's important lessons to be learned there. But I will say though too is that. Um, it's, we get to shine it outwards as well. Uh, people have done it to us. People are doing it to America. It's got to. It's a worldwide thing now. Uh, this is what it is. I like it. I like Excellent. it. I All like right. it when Jeff gets serious about topics. And uh, yeah, it was good. That's a good. Uh, that's a it's good done. one to bring up. There's better things to talk about. Obviously, as we close up the uh, current events section of this uh, this episode, because our. Uh, our favorite topic, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, are currently destroying the North Division. Did they buy a UFO? No, that's the topic du jour. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. No. Yes. <laughs> yes, the Oilers are absolutely wrecking the North Division minus Toronto. And we'll, we'll see how those three games play out. But uh... And I'm super pumped about those three games. I'm super pumped. You got to think about it. Uh Cassie Campbell Pascal comes out last week or this week uh, and says Austin Matthews is a more complete player than Connor McDavid. And he's actually surpassed him. Those were her exact words. I didn't hear that, uh, but that's all. That's a controversial take in my opinion. (laughs) That's pretty bold. Cassie Campbell Pascal. I like how you full named her. What's the freaking name, man? I know. No, but that is a bold, that's a bold, like, don't get me wrong. Even if I wasn't an Oilers fan, it's like, it's like, Oh, Crosby. Well, there's been plenty of players better than Crosby. What are you talking about? Crosby's been phenomenal for his whole career. So, so here, here's my take is that these three games are actually going to mean something. There's been a, kind of a back and forth with Matthews and McDavid, not in the media, not in the public eye, but on the ice with how they've been playing. You know, Matthews comes out, has a fantastic Saturday night. I think he got a hat trick. Um, four points, yeah. Or four point night. McDavid just comes out and throws a hat trick and a five point night on the board. You know, like there, there's, there's that alpha dog in McDavid. He doesn't come out and show it, you know, in the media and the public eye. But when he steps on that ice and you kind of see glimpses of it every once in a while, he did it last night too. When he scored that goal, he was pretty jacked. Like, yeah, he usually, you know, when he scores a goal, he, he, he acts like he's done it before lately though. He's, he's coming out a little bit and he's like saying, yeah, you know what? I'm the best player in the world. Stop bringing up other people. I'm going to prove you mother effers wrong. So I do like I do like the act as if approach. Uh, you know, it's just like it's, no, I don't like that at all. See, I think once again, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like I'm so big, I don't care about these simple things. I'll ca- I'll celebrate my Stanley Cup wing win. No, or or no. my fifty goals. So no, but but I will say though too, uh, McDavid said he didn't know that Austin Matthews got four points on that Saturday before he went on the ice. I call BS on that. He knew. Yeah, 
Yeah, bullshit. He, he knew, he knew the what he was on. doing. Yeah, they have the game on in the room, and you know what? No, you celebrate like you've never done it before. Friggin' Tyler en- Ennis scored the winning goal last night. Friggin' puck went off one guy, and then one off his leg into the net. He did the old ice drag with the glove and the the big time Selly getting the go ahead goal. Getting yes, a, getting a game potential game winning goal is different than just getting your fourth point of the night. Like. Yeah, it is. No, act as if I want. Mc, I want McDavid going Timo Solani style, throwing the glove up in the air and shooting it down like Duck Hunt, buddy. Yeah, but he didn't do that sixty-two times in a season when he like wrecked the league in his rookie year. That's did, all like, I remember of him. That's he did. I did it once. That's the thing. Yeah. He did it once. That's all I remember of him. I yeah, don't so even know where he played after that. Oh come on! I know. Bullshit. <laughs> I, come on! Don't give me that. Anyways, all right. So those look really good. Um, obviously, we're enjoying that. What yeah, do you got? Oilers are doing good. Probably in the next episode, we're gonna have a, a battle of Alberta up uh, uptick here because uh, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, March. No, not March. It's February still. Jesus, uh, <laughs> February twenty fourth. I'm getting ahead of myself. But next week there will be some more Battle of Alberta action. So uh, maybe we'll dive a little deeper into the Battle of Alberta and uh, and have some fun with that. But uh, yeah, I know Oilers are killing it. We're pumped. Hopefully, you're pumped, Canadian lads, while watching the. Uh, uh, this uh, North Division, tons of tons of good hockey. Every night's a, a must get, must watch uh, uh, TV. Other than Jeff who went to bed before the, uh, <laughs> the end of the game last night. I was going to say not not to poo poo your point, but I went to bed. <laughs> but why would that, you do that? Because it's an eight o'clock start. Why would you, Jeff? Are you even a fan? I'm a wonderful fan. Yeah, I, you're a friggin' season ticket holder. Why did yeah. you like? Would you go because to bed at, at? Would you leave the rink early if there was a game night and you racked the game and it was an no. eight o'clock start? No, I wouldn't. But it's a. I would. I, yeah. I would have sold those tickets actually. And also, right. it's in Vancouver, so I can't sell tickets in Vancouver. No, I'm. A, I've mentioned many times. I am old and lame, and I'm in bed early so I can get up early. So that's why I went All to right. bed. All right, let's uh, let's segue here into the uh, the topic of the day, not the topic du jour. There's more to talk about. Maybe we'll we'll touch on one little tidbit of the topic du jour, which is the UFO paranormal uh, activity uh, uh, stuff that's going on in the world. Maybe we'll touch on that at the end of the episode. But let's get on with it here. The pandemic, the retrospective of what's gone on over the last year. So, just to kind of give everybody an idea here. So you're obviously living through the pandemic every all of our listeners or the listener uh we'll never know how many people are actually listening but uh pretty exciting stuff uh but uh yeah no we're coming up on a year um from when shit just went haywire right you know everything's getting ready 2019 ended 2020s you know starting off strong everybody's excited you know not a lot of talk about the virus coming over to North America, you know, you know, in the news, you know, you're seeing, you know, wow, China's building these mega hospitals in, uh, in Wuhan, China in like days. I wonder what they wonder what's going on with that. That's crazy. And then bam, the first cases start rolling out. And I think, you know, when they do documentaries, you know, in the, uh, in the near future on this, because there will be documentaries and we'll have to do a doc club uh, uh, episode on the pandemic documentary when it does come out. But um, when this comes out, I think the big 
kind of shift for people, I think in North America or when professional sports um, stopped and uh, it was a night, it was a Wednesday night in March um, when the NBA um, stopped and, uh, uh, and there was chatter about other, other sports leagues and things like that. And I know Jeff, you were at the Oilers game. They were playing the Winnipeg jets and, uh, I think they lost that game actually. But, uh, I remember sitting there and, uh, saying to my wife, I'm like, oh my God, they just like shut down the NBA. And I'm sure you were in the arena getting like Twitter feeds and, and news stories come out. You, you know, probably real time while you're at the game and you're like, holy crap, like they might actually like suspend the season like on this night, like right after the game. And they did. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Like obviously like we, my brother and I were checking our, checking our internet and seeing what was going on. The NBA had shut down and that was news. The best update I got though was we were in line to go to the washroom in the second period and we're like, holy crap, that's, that's nuts that the NBA went down. Dude in front of us turned around and said, Tom Hanks has it. <laughs> that was that was the best. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, you know the best story I have for being in a bathroom lineup is at the Great Cup a couple of years ago, and uh, I was at the the game with a, a buddy Darren um, uh, from our our old workplace, and uh, we're up. Uh, he comes back to the seat, and he's like. I uh, had a real interesting story. The the bathroom was all lined up and I, and I yelled, Hey, what did somebody die in there? And then some guy leaned over and was like, Oh yeah, some guy just had a heart attack and died. <laughs> yeah. It was like biggest foot in your mouth uh, <laughs> situation of all time. I will admit if you, I was talking with uh, some friends about what are the worst sports fans out there. And I will admit Oilers fans are pretty rough. Uh, and if you ever wanted evidence of that, you go to the washroom at one of the games. So, oh, yeah. 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 Stand in that line for the urinal. That's a real fun, fun entertainment. But, but so you had mentioned in the intro that this is a situation of grit. Are we going to gut this out? Are we going to be better for it at the end? And I think it begs the question. So based upon what you've seen and what you've experienced, which way are we heading? Okay, so let's just lay it down as it is. This is 2021, 2020 grit. Like this is 21st century grit. This isn't world war two grit. We're not, uh, plunging, uh, bayonets in the chests of Nazis. Um, we're uh, staying home, watching Netflix and, um, you know, being affected on all sorts of levels. Right. So our, our lives have changed. So it's a different style of grit, but in, if anything, it is, it is making us harder people. Uh, I think stronger people. And uh, that's the theme, you know, hard defines greatness, you know, uh, you know, going through hard times together should define, you know, a, a greater generation coming out the, the other end. Right. So let me, let me challenge you on that a little bit. Cause um, with, with no. I'm not, I'm not going to toot my, <laughs> no, you can't challenge me. I'm going to do that at work tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Jeff, what do you No, Not answering any questions. Anyways, um, as a generality society, I don't believe society was getting tougher. Uh, we discussed on previous podcasts about how we've acknowledged mental health more, which is a good thing. But for the most part, I feel that we use excuses as a generality in regards to how we're going to go about our lives and what we hide away from. So there, I do believe there's been an increase in victim mentality. 
Um, yeah, I think I think you're 100 percent right. And that kind of ties into the, one of the topics that you brought up in in our synopsis uh, breakdown today, you know, kind of leaning into more of the Jordan Peterson thing, right, of, you know, getting your house in order uh, before you go and criticize the world. Right. And I think that's probably what you're leading into here. Well, a, a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to semi toot my own horn a little bit. And uh, I, I know a family and friends with this. And this is this ties into why I went to bed during the during the game yesterday. But I'm very regimented and very, I'm going to say disciplined, but I'm not super disciplined, but, but I do have a schedule to my life and I do very much follow that. And I don't deviate away from it. As a result, I annoy my wife with times. I'm like, I got to go to bed at this time. I got to be out of this house at this time, blah, 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 blah. But what, because of that, when it came to changes that were brought on by COVID, I didn't really experience a great deal of it. I, I you still flourished. Ma- you flourished. Well, no, during COVID. <laughs> nobody flourishes. Well, some people did. The stock people, people are GameStop stocks were flourished for a few minutes. But, but as a result, I didn't really adjust my schedule. I still got up at the same time. I still worked out at the same time. I still had ate the same breakfast. Went to work. Applied myself the same way. And then at the end of the day, I was tired, fell asleep. And as a result, I didn't probably get hit by the wave of stress that other people did. And I, I do think there is kind of a, a little bit of don't think too much when it comes to that to a certain extent. And this is kind of a Jordan Peterson topic is that this is like, don't focus on the exterior, focus on the interior. And if you continue to work on that, you can ignore the things around you to a certain extent. And just by enha- enhancing yourself and getting better, you might actually make everything else around you a little bit better. And that's maybe the best path to do it. Yeah. It's funny you you say that, right? It took me a while during the pandemic to kind of get my head around it, but I always wanted to, you know, battle, battled weight throughout my life, but I wanted to get back on track and, you know, kind of focused in on that, right. Is, is being disciplined, you know, watching, you know, what I was eating, getting on a regimented plan and sticking to it. Right. And, uh, and you're 100% right. Like it, it it does allow you to kind of focus in on things, become more positive, um, you know, be more rested, be more, you know, alert and, and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, it's it, it's all tied, you know, to, you know, if we look at this hard defines greatness, greatness, like I said, I don't have the answers at the beginning of this, right? You know, I would hope that we come out stronger. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we are going down a road where, you know, we're still the most sensitive generation of all time, you know, and maybe that will get us in hot water for saying that, but we're so sensitive as a, as a, as a society, you know, you'd, you'd hope that coming through this, you know, battle together that we'd, uh, we'd kind of get back things back on track and, you know, start loving one each other again. Well, in regards to being unfeeling, I very well might be on the spectrum. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do believe there, like, don't get me wrong, like there's circumstances beyond our control. And I'm not discounting that, or at least I don't want to be perceived as discounting that. Like if you're rolling out of college right now and you're like, hey, I've been working hard. I've got my grades. I'm going to go out there and get rid of the student debt and start my career. Well, your 20s are already a difficult time in your life. Affording things is difficult. Typically, you're renting and sharing with roommates and other people. You and I both did the exact same thing. That's how we start our our, li- our independent lives effectively. And this is just an, this is another hurdle to overcome on that. But 
I will say that the, the lessons that I learned young in regards to that type of stuff was, hey, you got to start putting money aside. You got to start diversifying where your income could possibly come from. And you got to focus on just, hey, straightforward, you know, things might not come to you in a month, but they might come to you in a few years. And I think that's lessons that can be learned around here. So uh, the example I wanted to use was that it's tough running a restaurant. And I feel for people who put their life, you know, their financial lives on the line when it comes to, I, this is my dream. I really want to own this. And then you get knocked to the ground with COVID. Now, I'm not saying everyone's got additional disposable income after opening a restaurant, but, you know, potentially it's like, did you meet with your financial advisors? Did you guys discuss how to potentially, hey, can we get an income stream coming from somewhere else? Uh, do I operate a farm while operating a restaurant, which has been known to happen in Edmonton? It's it's these things where you have to you have to kind of plan ahead in order to kind of get ahead of this stuff, type of stuff. And I don't want to sound like I'm lecturing people, but if you didn't do that before, learn that lesson now. Well, the pr- the problem is though, most of the small business owner, you know. Every day there's a new restaurant shutting down or somebody trying to sell off of what they have, right? It's uh, a lot of, a lot of people are, are not going to come out of this and it's really sad, you know, to, to kind of watch. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't think anybody could have predicted a, a, a scenario of this magnitude in regards to, you know, the financial piece, Jeff, like, I think it's, that's something you, you can't plan for. Yeah, but how how many small businesses fail in the first three years of their starting anyways? Shitty ones fail. No, that's not true at all. Circumstances affect everybody all the time. But like, I'm going to throw out a stat and say like, oh, 75% of small businesses fail in the first three years. How I'll just say like walking around downtown Edmonton, how many restaurants that you have known that have been there for a long period of time pre-COVID just disappear one day? Because that's what happens with small business. Yeah, small businesses fail all the time. So I guess that's that. Jeff, you know, let's move on from this topic. I want to ask you a question more personally about the pandemic and you maybe something you took away from it. Um, what are the little things that you maybe more appreciate now than you did before? And, you know, what was something unique that you kind of took away from this this uh, this pandemic and, and did during it? Um, and you'll probably do more of going into the future. Well, I th- I think I would probably kind of wrap it up with saying like there there's became more of an appreciation for the smaller things that you get to enjoy in your day-to-day life. Like admittedly, I wasn't somebody who would go out for a walk very often. Uh in the neighborhood I live in, there's a great trail system and a, a great walking system. You can pretty much get around the whole town uh by doing so. But I've I've really starting to really enjoy going out and doing that. Like when when everything went kaput back in March, um my wife and I made a, made a point of like, Hey, regardless of the weather, we're going to, we're going to go venture outside and enjoy the fresh air and enjoy the sunshine. So it, that, that was definitely something that uh, I, I really enjoyed. So, and yourself, uh, what are, what are, what are some of the things you experienced like that? This podcast, this podcast, yes. Yeah. This podcast obviously is, uh, is born. Um, like we've said before from the womb of the pandemic and uh, no, this podcast is something that, uh, uh, is something that uh, I enjoy and something that's been basically grown out of the situation that we're in. But um, there are there are all sorts of things, you know, just spending more time with family, um, you know, not traveling as much for for work is, has been interesting. I do miss that. Uh, that's been, uh, I guess, a fun uh, part of the job is, is getting 
getting out and traveling all over all over Canada. But uh, yeah, no, it's been uh, it's affected us all in in different ways, and uh, it's just making sure that you know we can you know enjoy the small things and and work on small things too. You know, we've kind of tied things to you know the Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules of Life a little bit in this podcast, but having your house in order before you go and criticize the world. And I know we've um, you know we're lightly you know, we're, we, we take it lightly when we, we are criticizing things and we're questioning things on this podcast, but uh, I don't think we're taking hard stances into things and in, in, in regards to social issues and um, what's going on in the world these days. And, um, and others are, and, you know, I'm actually proud of ourselves in the sense that we we're, we're taking more of a light, lighter approach into things. Maybe that will change if something really, you know, fucking pisses us off. <laughs> Yes. Like, like a well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Karen pissed me off that one day. I was good. When they weren't wearing those masks in that field, and they're they're giving the they're themselves a big super spreader hugging event. So, well, I was I was gonna say, are are you gonna tweet out your proudness of what you've become? Well, much like that individual that you hate on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna troll her like crazy now. She doesn't obviously know uh, who I am, but. Uh, because uh, I deleted my other account, but uh, <laughs> those those Canadian lads will be just questioning her her well being every day. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the entire those Canadian lads nation will be attacking this poor yeah. woman soon enough. <laughs> Come on, nation, go after. No, don't do that. We don't we don't troll. Plus, I'll never share that that name of that person. But there. Oh yeah, so. nobody can ever figure it out for something. Yeah. Um, but I I do want to I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, you did travel quite a bit. Uh, for business, not necessarily just for pleasure, but do you, when things kind of get back on the right track, do you think that you will be traveling uh, that often again? Well, no, that's part of the the changes I think in in our either in everyone's business culture, not only working from home, but working remotely and working virtually. Um, you know, you can you can do your administration, you can do your sales, you can do your operations. Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, remotely and virtually. And um, I think the way business is. Uh, been done to now has been completely changed. Maybe that's another topic for another podcast on how um, you can actually be functional and work remotely. You know, I'll give you an example. We're recording this podcast remotely uh, from essentially, you know, kilometers, kilometers away <laughs> from each other. And uh, if we wouldn't said anything, I don't think anybody would have picked up on that. Right. So uh, I think the way we do things is completely changed. Um, but it still nothing beats in person, one on one, uh, you know, person to person business, right? And relationship building, right? So, yeah, there is definitely something to be said about that. But, uh, but on that same vein, that is kind of one of the other things that I've really uh, seen as a positive in regards to this is obviously you can conduct yourself different at, at work. But um, one of the events that I got to virtually attend um, this month, and I, I'm it, it, sorry, it's a great event put on by Kabuki. Uh, they're a strength company. Uh, Chris Duffin is a powerful, powerful deadlifter. Very impressive by any measure. But um, they put on a, effectively an education week uh, in the fitness community where uh, I got to listen and attend and get uh, lectures, uh, effectively classroom lectures from uh, personal trainers, physical therapists, uh uh, people who have grown their business out of that and a bunch of doctors that I respect that even wrote some of the textbooks that I used in school. So um, 
had that event not been, you know, put on virtually, I don't think that in my personal life, I could have carved out the time required to travel to it and enjoy that in person. So this was definitely one of the benefits I've seen from, uh, you know, people needing to get their virtual world in order, in order to continue have their business continue going. So no, I, it's definitely been enjoyable from that standpoint. I prefer the term get your virtual shit in order. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think get you your it. virtual shit together. Get a think, proper the virtual streaming service in line. I think that could be the response on Twitter or Instagram if somebody writes something rude to you. Like, get your virtual shit together. <laughs> I'm proud of myself today. I'm mm. a good person. I did good things in the world. I am better off today than I was yesterday. Yeah, well, I don't think a lot of people could probably say that, at least with well, an that, earnest with an earnest face. So. Some people say it all the time, uh, and they like to put it out there on the uh, on the social media. So, um, yeah, good good for them. Good for them for feeling good. Yeah, instead of tweeting that stuff out, I just say on the podcast how I'd like to, t- to pat myself on the back and and brag about my quote unquote discipline. So. <laughs> <laughs> how much do you lift, Jeff? That's right, he lifts everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Actually, funnily enough, uh, I was informing my wife that uh, my numbers are in the basement compared to they once were, and I'm very ashamed of that right now. I I got to get my I got to get back up there. So. Ah, it's pandemic times. You're allowed to do things like that. No, you you, get it back on track. You got to get back on the path. You got to get there. <laughs> it's all well, about effort. It's all about effort. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it, the little things. It's it's all about the little things and, and focusing in on, you know, what you're doing in your life with your family, with the people you care about um, and getting your, your own shit in order before you, you go and criticize the world. I know there's a lot of crazy topics out there that you can you know die on on the sword or die on the cross for but uh you know maybe it's maybe it's more important to focus in on the little things and uh, i think that's one thing that this pandemic has taught me about and i hope it's the only pandemic that i ever go through because i hate using the word pandemic well yeah no definitely um there's there's obviously lots of important topics to discuss but um keeping it light and going back to the travel thing really quick um, we had briefly discussed that uh, engine exploding off the airplane uh, that oh, was going man. from Denver to uh, Hawaii. What? Um, obviously, when that happened, the airline had to either put people up in the hotel or say, like, hey, we got another plane for you to travel off to Hawaii. What, what, what would you have done? <laughs> There's no, no way. If, that, if I'm sitting in that seat, and I generally have a seat because I don't have frequent flyer points to get better seatage on a plane. But uh, usually I'm on that seat that's looking right at the engine and I'll uh, I'll be peering out the window. And if that happened to me where the engine blew to bits and was on fire, um, I don't think you could ever get me on an airplane again. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to drive to Hawaii because <laughs> there's no way uh, if that happens to me, I'm ever getting on an airplane. And uh, I remember sitting on an at, at one of the, the what they call the uh, the Air Max or the the ones that kept crashing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they. So I, I remember sitting on one right after those two had crashed and watching a news story on the great iPad video screen that they have built into the seats about them crashing, and uh, that was enough <laughs> to to create some great anxiety in my life. So. See, I think I would have gone the opposite. I would have been like, well, there's no chance that this is going to happen twice in a row. And 
quite frankly, if it does happen twice in a row, death's coming for me anyways, clearly. <laughs> so no, I, I just, I would have just got back on the plane and would enjoy, enjoyed a, enjoyed a beer on the beach shortly thereafter. So you'd have to have a few uh, cocktails to, to get on because that's a pretty butt puckering situation to get on to after. Can you imagine sitting there and like the person who b- broke out their phone and started videotaping and that, that person's like, you know, they're, they're brave as hell. Cause if you think about it, you'd be calling your loved ones. It's like, we're going, we're going down. We're going to crash. You know, I think it's one of those things though, that um, it's almost kind of like a, a self uh, preservation thing. Like if you go distract yourself with like, Hey, I'm going to make sure I keep the camera steady on this while I will record the thing. Then you kind of like, you're focused on that as opposed to what's going on around you. And that almost could probably keep you sane to a certain extent. It's probably inevitably a really good move on that person's part so that they were able to kind of, you know, observe the moment without being in, you know, pulled into the moment almost. I'm going to record this for history. <laughs> wow. It's like, well, truth be told, what else are you going to be supposed to be doing on a plane? You just sit there anyways, thumbing your ass <laughs> as uh, well. Ca- calling your loved ones, taking the airplane mode off and be like, uh, so mom and dad are on a plane right now and the engine just exploded. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to worry you guys, but uh, we might not be coming home. I would, I would just be like, oh, I'll leave it a mystery if they wanted, if they, anyone knew I'd love them or not. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> <laughs> I want to assume that I was screaming frantically up and down the aisles, freaking out. <laughs> uh, I would just strap on that oxygen mask. It's supposed to make you high or at least calm you down. I would just be like, yeah, whatever. It's like... <laughs> Give me the gas. <laughs> yeah, just be like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's. I'll see what's on the other side. So... <laughs> no, man, it's uh, it's been a it's been a wild and crazy year and you know, the things that, you know, that come out of it truly are the, the little pleasures in life, the, the simple things, you know, um, I I think it's cool that you've been able to get, um, you know, educated the way you want to be educated from the things that you're interested in virtually and not have, have to travel across, you know, North America to get it. Right. I think that's, that's a pretty cool, uh, cool experience. Yeah, no, I obviously like I got to really enjoy it. But um, obviously, it's different than the children being stuck in, you know, virtual school or, you know, that being uprooted and all that type of all of that. But no, but, but it was um, no, it was definitely it was a good opportunity to be kind of be able to get information, attend events. Um, hey, let's face it, like it, the same thing's going on in the movie theater. Like if you, you wouldn't you can't, going to a movie is great. It's not necessarily something you could do every night. But it's like, hey, it's available on whatever streaming platform and it's a new release. Hey, well, you can just watch it at home. It's sometimes, and quite frankly, everyone's TV is, is is better than it ever had been. So you might get the theater quality experience without having to leave the house. Yeah, no, th- that that is there. But, I, you know, it's those are the things I miss is, you know, getting in groups of people. You know, there's nothing like, you know, watching a comedy in a theater and hearing people laugh and, you know, you know, you're not a, a sociopath because you're laughing at the same things or you're laughing at moments that, you know, <laughs> ah, I shouldn't have laughed at that moment. No, I like those moments when you when you burst out laughing and nobody else does. It's usually like when a ch- child gets hurt or something. Oh, <laughs> you just start laughing. <laughs> those Canadian Lads podcast. We laugh at kids falling down. Oh, come on. Everyone loves watching a video of a kid biffing it off something. They just just going King Cobra rolling on top of themselves. <laughs> oh, everyone enjoys that. <laughs> well, I think that's a good segue. Just, you know, 
if anything this is done this is i think long-term affecting children in regards to the pandemic i think it's uh going to socially impact them in regards to how they interact with others going into the future agree or disagree jeffrey <laughs> you might you, you want my educated opinion on this give me your educated opinion yeah i i don't know it uh, I would, I'd probably just go with the time will tell, of course. I, I don't think there's any way that, um, you know, kids aren't going to be a little bit affected by it. You know, maybe some confidence issues, maybe some, you know, just social awareness. I, I think things like that are going to be affected. But, you know, I think I've said it before, kids are resilient. Um, I think that uh, much like any one of us, they can, they're going to get themselves out of that eventually. And maybe things will they'll continue on their lives as if nothing had happened. But I think in the acute response, there's going to be things that have to be dealt with. Of course. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, being a father of two right now um, in the moment, um, I find that it is affecting them. <laughs> you might not be a father in another moment. Or... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they might disown me. <laughs> I hate your podcast. Yeah, um, you embarrass but, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they, uh, they're being affected by it. Uh, you know, it's interesting to watch the little one um, in her kindergarten program um, be, I guess, oversensitive when she's not allowed to play with other kids at different tables. They're separated in tables. And um, she, she takes it personally when she thinks that somebody doesn't want to play with her. And it's just having that, that freedom to kind of roam and flow and, you know, interact and socialize uh, with people who are outside of your essential table. Um, I think that is causing some concern and, you know, just having get togethers with other little kids and, you know, building friendships and things like that and not going to uh, organize sport and having all that to access. I think it's, you know, it's impacting these kids for sure. Not only it's impacting their ability to, I wouldn't say be active because you can still go outside. You can still go run around in a field, go sledding, go skating, things like that. But it comes down to, you know, developing skills and developing social skills. You know, we've played on team sports growing up and know the benefits of, you know, working on a team and, you know, you know, knowing what your role is on that team and being part of achieving a goal together, right? When you talk about hard to find greatness, you know, you you should at a young age, I, I believe, experience winning and losing together within groups. And um, I think it'll make you a better person, you know, down the road in life as you get into uh, whatever career career field you you want to pers- go into. So, yeah, you, you actually like soon as soon as you started speaking about that, my my thoughts immediately went to. Uh, loss of team atmosphere that comes from not being able to go through um, uh, being able to play organized sports. Uh, you and I have both played organized sports most of our uh, young lives. And there is, there's lessons you get from that along the way. Um, admittedly, whether it was whatever sport I was playing, I was effectively a defensive plug. <laughs> like I was never going to go anywhere with any of it, but I love but... to talk. <laughs> I was a bit of a chatterbox. Actually, I really, I wasn't really, I didn't do any trash talk. I just kind of, I would, I would, I would make sure that somebody knew I was there <laughs> like with a shoulder or an elbow, but other than that, but, but no, I, I think that like, um, you're right. There, there's valuable lessons that will be lost upon kids or that'll be stifled by the fact that, um, there's a couple years of organized sports that are lost and, and one of the most valuable lessons, and this may speak to the teams I was on, but learning how to lose is yeah. an important lesson. Uh, you know, you got to learn how to emotionally deal with that. You got to accept it sometimes. But 
if you don't lose, you don't, you, and you don't look back and look at the lessons that caused that loss, you, you can't self-improve or you can't improve as a team. And that's business 101, I think, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, they didn't teach you in school um, when you were learning about business and leadership and all that. It's it's you need to experience got to be before you become, you know, and that goes back to the theme of the podcast essentially is hard defines greatness. You got to experience hard with people before you become great. And that's kind of where, you know, going into the whole societal change, you know, are we going to continue to be, you know, oversensitive, sensitive, you know, um, you know, kooks, you know, are we going <laughs> to, are we, we going to cancel everything out and everything that, you know, is bad in the world obviously is bad and all that, but are we going to ignore the bad and just only focus on the good or learn from the bad and make ourselves better? So I, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm going at it going at it with this is that hard defines greatness. We can be a great society coming out of this. We just need to learn to go down the right path and um, be less politicized when we, we go forward. Yeah. I, I think before I, bef before I give my final judgment on what is going to happen out of society with, uh, with the pandemic, are, are we going to in fact be great after, you know, going through a hard time, uh, yeah, that's it. If you don't test your met your uh, metal, then you never know how soft or hard you're going to be. Uh, unfortunately, it's the adversity in our lives that you know show our true character and what we're capable of and how we can go about it. Um, I had, I was listening to a nurse talk about how uh, with COVID, uh, obviously she's on the front lines, different experience than my own, um, but she was effectively saying like, well, death isn't even the worst thing that can come from this. And uh, yeah, there, there's going to be health concerns that come from COVID. Uh, but one of the things that immediately popped in my head was, you know, people get injured and severely sick all the time. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah, there's things that are insurmountable. Uh, if you have a widowmaker heart attack, you're not going to go run a marathon because you're dead. But, <laughs> but there's been stories of plenty of individuals who lose a leg, uh, whether for whatever reason. And then they go run a half marathon. You know, they, they, they don't say that this injury or this illness is going to define who I am. And they, they push back against it. So, you know, you can sit there and sulk and kind of go, well, yeah, we're never going to bounce back from this. And well, we're, what are we going to do? And blah, 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 blah. But you know, you can, you can look at it and go like, Hey, listen, you got through it on the other side, maybe have all your toes and fingers. Hopefully you do. But, you know, it's an opportunity for you to go prove that it didn't prevent you from doing what you wanted to do in life. I like it. Yeah. You took it on a positive road, Jeffrey. That was awesome. Yeah. As, as I'm about to and then render my final judgment. I don't think that's going to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, to kind of take it down a negative road as well and and, you know, agree to disagree with me. But I think one of the real um, does the real part of this disease is not the the actual people dying of COVID. I think it's going to be the mental health implications that people are going through right now. Um, I, I'm interested to see. I hope it don't doesn't increase, but I'm guessing that it is going to increase the number of suicides, the domestic abuse, divorce, all these implications of this pandemic that you know from a social uh, from a social impact from a 
mental health impact, I, I think that that's going to be skyrocketed numbers and it's going to cause a lot of problems going down the road. You can even, you already see it with crime, the amount of, you know, um, amount of crime going on in, in our society, right? Because people either are out of work and um, need to provide for their families. Like your brother's, uh, your brother's business is robbed, you know, a small business yeah. owner, um, you know, was robbed, uh, all of his tools um, and equipment and, uh, you know, a bloody shame, but somebody out there obviously needed it to sell it. So they're going to try to get it no matter what. And it's not right, but it is happening. So. Yeah, like I, I have a friend who lives in Drayton Valley, and for all of our non-Alberta listeners, that is the definition of a buttfuck town in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there, but it was an oil hub, um, and uh, when that kind of dissipated out of there, uh, when talking with my friend, he'd be like, yeah, there's break-ins every single night. There, There's yeah. always something going on, and that's what unfortunately people turn to uh, in desperate times. Uh, I, I would like to believe that it's people on their last straw kind of going like, I, I got to go do this, even though I know it's wrong. But, but yeah, it, regardless, it does happen. No, for sure. So we're, I think we're going to see a spike obviously in, in that kind of, you know, crime and suicide and all the other, you know, examples that I gave that are, are going to be really obviously disappointing. And hopefully, you know, people can kind of overcome that challenge in, in life. But, um, I definitely think that's a totally a root root of what's happening with the pandemic and, um, yeah, get that oh. needle in people's arm. The 75 pluses are, are getting in line today. I can already see the, uh, the complaining starting that the government's <laughs> not doing enough. Yeah. Uh, going back the psychiat psychiatrists and psychology students of the future are going to, there'll be entire textbooks written about what this did to people's mental well being and how they reacted. Uh, like you said, it, the evidence is already there. There's uh, domestic abuse issues coming to a head. There's violence. There's uh, petty crime. It will be very interesting how this settles out. And, um, you know, maybe there'll be a overcorrection in the positive afterwards. But but yeah, no, as I said, for the kids coming up nowadays who decide to turn to psychology or, or psychiatry, whether it's via treatment or become one of those professionals, man, they're going to you're going to have so much information to digest that comes from this. So yeah, it'll be interesting. And a lot of clients, maybe a good and probably a lot of clients. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, we'll, we'll see where it shakes out. Obviously it, it's hard to predict the future because you could be shocked by things that, you know, you thought was going to happen. Um, as I said, I, I generally, I'm very Hobbesian. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in humanity and people's general, general statement. I think individuals are, capable of greatness. But I think when uh, you, you kind of go as a giant group and you identify yourself as a giant group, whether it be sub segments of society or society as a whole, um, I, I, I don't see a lot of greatness there. And I think that's what we're going to continue down the path of. So, well, I think our friends at the legislature that we spoke about earlier, uh, uh, proved that over the weekend. Uh, thank you for showing us the best of society. Uh, uh, everybody who showed up over the weekend to make a beautiful day, uh, ugly at a nice spot, but, uh, yeah, good, good times before we, uh, we move on and close out for the evening. Uh, I do want to touch on something, Jeffrey. Uh, I sent this to you. It was the uh, United Airlines pilot who now uh, nobody's uh, nobody's saying that this didn't happen, and yep. they're not uh, they're not trying to disclose it. But uh, our topic du jour on those Canadian lads podcast, <laughs> the du jour topic, 
UFO paranormal. What are your thoughts on the pilot seeing a uh, cruise-like missile-type cylindrical object flying above a plane? And uh, before I let you speak, they're not flying missiles in lanes of planes. So I'm just going to say that. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 the listener can't see you, but I love the constant quotation marks while you're describing what happened. I can't wait to get <laughs> video so you guys can see us uh, deliver this podcast. There's a lot of animated discussions going on, but back to the topic. Yeah. Du jour. I, you know what, this is potential to be a redo of the Chicago airport incident in which that uh, there was individuals who came forward as witnesses and as a generality, no information came out of it other than individual interviews uh, with the acknowledgement from the airline. And I believe it's the FBI that is launching their own investigation about this as well. Uh, you know, one, regardless of what it turns out to be, is it a UFO? It is a UFO. It's unidentified. Uh, yeah. Whether it's alien in nature or something that's been man-made, it's definitely very interesting. And, you know, the, the photos that have been uh that have been taken about this the object itself it's a it's it's pretty impressive i gotta say like don't get me wrong i know this is always a google me right and i love to get more evidence of something i already believe in but but yeah no i depending on how this shakes out it could become the correction of the chicago incident and we actually get a lot of information out of it what are your thoughts yeah, no, the Chicago incident, and there's a fantastic podcast. I'll, I'm going to actually share it on our Twitter feed. Uh, it was done this summer. It was a rehash of the Chicago O'Hare uh, UFO incident, um, and uh, it's a great listen. Uh, but uh, this specific situation, um, you can't refute it. It happened, you know, and United Airlines is not refuting it. The FBI isn't refuting it. It wasn't picked up on radar. There are things fly. I'm not saying they're they're extraterrestrial or or anything like that. There are things though in our airspace uh, throughout Earth, just not North America, that are showing up and people are seeing them. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what this congressional report, only four months away, um, uh, the UF U, U, United States congressional report on UAPs is coming out. Uh, I was listening to a another podcast uh, last night, actually. Uh, Marco Rubio, uh, senator uh, out of Florida, was talking about it. He's uh, one of the the leads uh, of this uh, congressional report as well, and um, they're they're just worried. There's things flying over military installations that they don't know what they are. Uh, as an American citizen or a North American citizen, I would be concerned. And there's sightings in Canada all the time as well. So um, it's uh, it's something that obviously we've gotten. But going back to the pandemic retrospective, this is something that I have obviously got more intrigued in <laughs> through this last year. Um, and obviously in the last year during 2020, the U.S. government released the Pentagon videos of the Tic Tac UFO, uh, David Fravor, very well-respected black ace pilot uh, on the Nimitz, uh, USS Nimitz uh, aircraft carrier, um, very vocal. More and more military people are coming out. These people are observed. Uh, they observe trained uh, eyes uh, that are out there and they see things. And I think in our lifetime, I don't think it's going to be in our lifetime. I think it's going to be in the next two years, three years that, um, they're going to come out and say, yeah, there are things out there that we don't know what they are. And, uh, 
with the science out there with uh, perseverance, you know, Mars lander, if there is microbial life on Mars, um, who's to say that there isn't, um, you know, intelligent life out there as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. It'll definitely be interesting. I, I, I unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a couple of years. I, I think we'll maybe get a dump of what the government knows. And as I said, I'm skeptical of that, even with the new, the new administration. Uh, but I, I don't think we have the answers necessarily as the human race. Uh, we probably, uh, there's probably something out there just because the universe is too vast for there not to be. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think we'll have answers at the end of it. We'll just probably get a recap of where we are on it and probably won't get all the information we, we want about it, but it's still, it's, it's obviously like there's things taking place. Um, I, I'm going to divert it just a little bit, but still on the kind of same subject, but you know, we're, we can be very sure of, uh, what we think exists or doesn't exist in the world. And obviously science proves things differently. Um, evidence comes forward of other things and, um, my wife and I are watching the hotel uh, Cecil documentary on uh, on Netflix. Oh it's, man, yeah, that looks creepy as hell. Like, what? How is that going? They they do a great job of it. We're we're not done it yet, but it's a four episode. Uh, each one's about an hour, give or take. But it focus, fo- focuses on the Elisa Lamb uh, disappearance in L.A. Uh, is she a bo- Canadian woman? She was from Vancouver, so okay. she she um she disappears. Uh, and then about two weeks later, they find her in the water tower of the Cecil Hotel. The hotel itself has been a hotbed for uh, death, suicide. Um, it's right on Skid Row in LA, so there's a huge there's a heavy drug presence and homeless population around it. Uh, from the paranormal side, it's also quote unquote a hotbed of haunted activity. So a lot of paranormal investigators try to go get in there. Uh, the ghost adventures crew got in there because they had shut it down effectively. So they got to do a special on it, which I haven't watched. I haven't sorry, watched it. But you're, when you're investigating something and your name is like the ghost, ghost adventures. adventures. It's yeah. like, <laughs> there's one, we want to be credible. Let's be on the ghost adventures. I, there's, there's a team of, uh, they're called the ghost brothers. Oh God. But of course they're, of course. <laughs> Anyways. And I just, of course, a nail on the head, but, but my point being, and, uh, we can, we can talk about that documentary another night, but, um, one of the things from it though, is that, you know, they take a very police approach on it, which is the right way of going about the documentary. This was a missing person uh, who's found, what is the evidence of a crime taking place? But they, they do kind of touch on the parental aspect very briefly on it. And kind of like what I was talking with, with my wife was, Hey, you, you can only be so certain of everything going on sometimes we do get evidence to the contrary that there is something going on here and much like the ufos if you just want to say no no there's no chance of it ever existing well there's there's things coming forward you know maybe don't always take an absolute response on everything well and and that's goes you know you can't sit back and say there's no ufos the u.s government's admitted there are things and there's there's their airspace that they do not know what that they are. They could be, uh, tech, it could be technology developed by an advanced civilization in, in, in our planet. Uh, it might be something else. We don't know what it is. So, um, it's, it's a proven fact now. It's not a, it, it's not crazy people talking. It's not those Canadian lads sitting there. It's like, did you hear about the UFOs? Did you hear about them? No, it's real. So check it out, man. It's so, it's so interesting. Listener, 
dear one listener check it out <laughs> i think i think that one dear listener did put out a twitter vote if do you believe in ghosts or ufos more so yeah he is he is listening <laughs> our polls are not working oh <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, before we wrap it up for the for the evening, uh, any parting words, Brad? Yeah, no the the parting words. It, it kind of goes back to what we wanted to talk about tonight is uh, the pandemic retrospective. Everything we kind of spoke on today really ties into that, but hard defines greatness. Um, am I hopeful that will come out of this on the back end after everybody gets the f- Pfizer, Moderna vaccine twice in us. Um, are we going to come out a better, better group? I don't know. I, I'm just seeing there's just too much. There's just too much goofiness in the world nowadays. I, I don't think we're going to, we're, we're going to continue to criticize ourselves to death. I, I feel as a society, I feel like we're, we're just soft and we're going to pick apart every little thing, you know, even today, um, the government's rolling out 75 plus people are, um, logging in. And of course, you know, people are already complaining, you know, and, and criticizing, well, you know, at, like we said earlier in the podcast, you know, the government's not going to succeed at anything. They really do, um, a hundred percent. So, um, pray. 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it's good. 42% of the time. <laughs> I think you're being I think you're being generous, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they've they failed at obviously negotiating deals to get the vaccine. Now that the vaccines are rolling in, just go with the flow. You know, hopefully all of our elderly, vulnerable people get it as soon as possible. Um and uh that's that's where I'm at. I'm 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 hopeful, um, but I'm not hopeful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence on that one, Jeff, tonight. Maybe my mood will change. Maybe my my opinion will change over the next couple months. Maybe we'll be um, surprised. Maybe it'll be that wave of uh, emotion and people wanting to be more social and get together. Maybe it'll be all this good stuff that will come out of out of this pandemic. Um, but uh, right now, um, all I see is just that that negativity um, towards each other. The negativity left versus right. Um, right versus left. It, it doesn't matter which side you sit on. It's just, uh, it's horse poop. It's horse poop, my friend. <laughs> Very well put. And your thoughts, Jeffrey, before we uh, close uh, out those Canadian lads. Uh, don't really have any. <laughs> I think we kind of, I think I kind of said it all, but no, I, I as I said, like, I, I think that, um, it was a generality. Uh, these aren't my original words, but I, I, I think they sum it up quite good. That uh, during the pandemic, uh, you could either let the time do you or you could do the time. So it's it's up to you if you want to try to improve your situation. Uh, it's up to you how you de- want to dedicate your time. Uh, do you want to get creative? Do you want to get more healthy? Do you do you want to focus on your mental well-being, your emotional state, uh, your friends and family? That's all up to you, man. So whatever you choose to do, uh, time is precious. So go ahead and do it. So. That's my that's my final thoughts. You know what? You just capped off the night. That's a great uh, great comment. Let's close it out there. All right, good night. All right, listener. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Those Canadian Lads. Thanks again for listening to Those Canadian Lads podcast. Give us a follow on social media. We're on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
And if you like what you heard, give us a follow and share it with your friends. Thanks again and have a great night.